Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks. We've been uh, promoing this segment uh, throughout the show here. Esme Murphy along with producer Shaletta Brundage. Right now on the Centerpoint Energy Home Service Plus Hotline, we have Lydia Burr, who's the Director of Clinical Services at Hazelden Betty Ford, to talk about a recent study showing that deaths associated with alcohol use amongst women rose 85%. Lydia, that is a scary statistic. What is going on? Hi, Esme. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate it. And you're right, it is a, it is a scary statistic. Um, there are a ton of factors that uh, I think are contributing to that and the outcome that we're seeing. And I think you actually hit on a lot of them before the break there. Um, What we know is that trends are showing that the historical gap between men's and women's alcohol use is closing. So more and more women are drinking now than ever, and that's across all age groups. Um, And, and, And why is that? Yeah, nothing has inherently changed about an individual woman's predisposition to developing a substance use disorder. But I think we can contribute a lot of the change in drinking to a change in access and cultural norms and cultural expectations. So as you had mentioned, there has been a real change in alcohol advertisement really targeted at women. And it's kind of depicted as this empowering thing that a hardworking woman um, or a hardworking mother deserves in, uh, and it's completely acceptable, a completely right. acceptable coping skill. Well, uh, hardworking women and, and yes, men do deserve something. I mean, <laughs> absolutely, you know, absolutely. But, but you're saying that, that, that we're getting more messages that it's out there. I mean, I'm, I'm and I, you know, our producer, Shaletta and I were talking about um, there's Hoda Kotb and uh, Jenna Bush Hager who are, you know, they, they have their wine in front of them during their show. Yeah. And that's on at yeah. 1030 in the morning. Absolutely. I noticed that um, a long time ago. I don't normally watch daytime television, but I remember it was quite a while ago that I saw that for the first time. And it really struck me that it's just sitting there on, on morning television. Um, and it's really sort of normalized as something that is a completely acceptable coping skill for everyday stressors. Right. You also um, mentioned access. Uh, yeah. Uh, w- w- what about access? I mean, women have always had access to alcohol, haven't they? Yes, but the access, I'm more changed around the the products that are targeted at women. We see oh, things like okay. mommy's timeout or mommy's juice, you know, or something, you know, that we deserve. and Wine o'clock. Yeah, yes. Products specifically aimed at women. T-shirts that say, they wine, I wine. You know, as a play on words that are sold, um, really just uh, mass-produced as something that's completely normal. Right. Um, Another factor, though, uh, that is, I think, less known is that 
women's bodies process and metabolize alcohol differently. Okay, and this was I, w- I was talking about this earlier at the very beginning of the show because this is something I've always heard. What is that difference? I mean, obviously, women in general are smaller uh, yes. and way less than men in in general, not always. But but is that it, or is there even more to that? There is more to that. You're right. Women are generally speaking smaller and also tend to have larger fat stores. So what that means is they have a lower total body water percentage, which means um, they are affected more by the same amount of alcohol as a man because there's less water in their body to dilute it. Interesting. Um, So so let's go over that again. So women have naturally more fat in their body and less water than man does. Yes. Uh, And if you have a man and a woman that are exactly the same height and weight – uh, the man will have more water in his body, the woman will have less water and more fat, and because of the less water, you absorb it differently? You absorb it into the bloodstream differently. There's less water to dilute the alcohol concentration. So generally speaking, if you have those two people next to each other, you're going to see a different response to the alcohol, even if they're drinking the same amount. Wow. Okay, and what? why are more women dying? So. Women absorb 30% more alcohol into their bloodstream because of those differences that we were just talking 30%? about. 30%? Yeah, and because of um, a couple other differences as well. And what that leads to is a higher vulnerability to alcohol-related organ damage. So, you, you mean, if a, let me ask you about the 30%. Like, if, 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 I, if I'm sitting next to a man and we're, we're each having the same glass of wine... I absorb 30% more alcohol out of that glass of wine than he does? Correct. I did not know that. Okay, that, that is that is really yeah. staggering. I mean, 30% is a lot. It is. And so when you kind of put it all together that um, women are targeted through advertising, the drinking has been normalized. It's something that is an ultimate equalizer and an empowering thing. And then you couple that with the fact that um, women metabolize and absorb and process alcohol differently than men for really a myriad of reasons. And then compare that with another statistic, which is that only one woman admits to treatment for every two men. Um, it's really not... Really? Surprising. You mean at places like Hazelden, Betty Ford, you've got two times the number of men coming in? Yes. We see we see that admission statistic at Hazelden, Betty Ford. We see... About twice as many male admissions as as female. And are men just more likely to admit that vulnerability? I mean, that that that's that that's a lot. Yeah, there's women are uniquely stigmatized, and particularly mothers are uniquely stigmatized for having a substance use disorder. So, although the drinking itself is um, sort of celebrated. Yeah. Having a problem with it is heavily discouraged. And so there are a set of factors that prevent a woman, you know, from seeking help or from um, from getting help that um, are, are present for her. Wow. 
I, you know, I can see that. I, I, it's, it's, I mean, this, this is what you're saying is, is, is really making a lot of sense and certainly explains that number, but I didn't realize it, it was quite that much. Even, even in a state like Minnesota where, where you have, you know, people joke it's the land of 10,000 treatment centers. Uh, is, is that the case that, that that many more men seek treatment than women? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we see at Hazel and Betty Ford in Minnesota as well. And it's really, yes, it's the land of 10,000 treatment centers. I've heard that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and proud of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, is there, I mean, and, and, you know, just, you know, working in news, I've done so much, you know, work and done so many stories, you know, in the past, I would say five years or so on the opioid epidemic, which is a, a terrible scourge and, and it's a terrible problem for, for men and women. Um, does that, does the focus, on some of these newer trends in addiction, take the focus off of alcohol abuse? I don't, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it takes the focus off of it. Um, I think uh, the study that you're discussing here and the reason why we're talking, there are a couple studies that show the same thing that have recently uh, come out. And because of that, we're having more and more conversations about women's alcohol use specifically, which I think is fantastic that doesn't take away from the urgency or the, or the severity of the opiate epidemic. Um, I think there needs to be conversations about all of it, and I think focus right. needs to be put on all of it um, because alcohol use disorder is still the number one diagnosis we treat at Hazel and Betty Ford. It is. Um, so, yes, it's not going away anytime soon, uh, and it is something that still needs to be discussed and focused on just as much in conjunction with uh, the opiate epidemic, knowing that many people struggle with both. And have the dual addiction. Uh, we're, we're chatting, folks, with Lydia Burr. She's the Director of Clinical Services at Hazelton Betty Ford. Uh, we're talking to her on the Centerpoint Energy Home Service Plus hotline about a recent study showing that deaths associated with alcohol use amongst women rose 85%. And, and Lydia's done a great job as breaking down some of the reasons uh, the culture of, of drinking and the culture of acceptance of drinking and, and the play, the mommy play dates with the wine, like Shaletta and I were talking in the break about, you know, you, you go to a play date and the, the wine comes out or if you bring their bottle of wine or else you go to a shopping event and there, there's wine. Is, uh, is that just more prevalent now or is it sort of more of a thing or has that always been the case? I think it's more prevalent now. Um, I think it's something that's celebrated and that's, um, more in the spotlight and we kind of tend to do what we see and we tend to do what is normalized. So with this being more normalized and more present, then more people are doing it because it's, it's sort of the normal thing to do um, and kind of packaged as though it has no consequences. Right. Now, now Shaletta was saying, you know, when we, when we, you were, you know, before we went on air with you, she was saying, you know, I, I hope no one's going to tell me to take away my Tito's vodka drink that I, I enjoy every night. And I said, I don't think that's what the, this is about because I think there are those people who can have that Tito's vodka drink and and have that one drink. But sure, there, it sounds absolutely. like the, there are, the sliding scale happens when it's not just that one drink. Right, and there are definitely some signs that can be seen um, that may indicate that that one drink uh, is turning into problematic use. 
Um, it's not necessarily the intention to say that you should stop any and all alcohol use, although that would be the safest bet. That would be, you know, the gold standard if you wanted to avoid any ensuing problems um, or problematic use. But there are many people who can have that one drink and, and be okay. Um, it's just really kind of a, a subjective measure of um, whether or not it's becoming problematic for you and your life and your loved ones. And is it because of these the, these statistics said that women absorb thirty percent more alcohol? Does it is it the case that that women who have one or two drinks over a course of a period of time, a number of years or a decade or so, find themselves having a third and a fourth very slowly? It builds up. Yes, that's exactly what we can see is that the progression can be very slow. Um, but addiction is a progressive disease, meaning it does get worse um, if left untreated. And that's not to say that everybody who has an alcoholic beverage in the evening has addiction, um, but it is something that we would see increasing over time to become problematic. Uh, Lydia, what are some of the things that women should know or that women aren't doing that are kind of hurting themselves or, or, or keeping them from, from getting treatment. I mean, what, what kinds of things would you like women to, to be thinking about uh, when they do have the glass of wine or the cocktail, or maybe they have a, a few too many? Some of the things that I think I would like women to be thinking about is, um, that there are very severe consequences of alcohol use when progressed. Um, but we kind of have in our heads, I think, a picture of what alcohol use disorder looks like and then tend to compare ourselves to that picture. Um, and it's usually a pretty severe case. Um, most people who struggle with a substance use disorder have a family, have a job, and they think as long as they're functioning, it's okay. They're okay, but that can be kind of a low bar. Um, and there and are let me signs. ask you: Are are women are women better at that than men? Because women are really good at multitasking. Absolutely, women are really good at multitasking. I wouldn't necessarily. Uh, I wouldn't know that they're better at that than men, um, because it's really all going to boil down to the individual and individual differences. Um, but I would like women to be thinking about the overall question and uh, uh, and question the priority or the presence of alcohol in their lives. How important is it to them? Um, and what kind of mental gymnastics are they going through around alcohol use? Meaning, are you trying to convince yourself that it's not a problem? Um, are you setting limits for yourself and then quickly surpassing those limits because once you start drinking, maybe you don't want to stop or you can't stop. Are you finding yourself feeling guilty or stepping outside of your own value system? Um, those are the types of things that I want people to be thinking about. Um, having one too many uh, once in a while doesn't necessarily equal alcohol use disorder. But when we start seeing this as a trend and a pattern, if you are looking forward to five o'clock every day, um, or if if having a drink is the first thing you do when you get home from work consistently, and that didn't used to be the case. These are the types of things to be thinking about and watching for. Interesting. Um, how about, you know, for, for the parents out there, how about young people and drinking? What are you seeing in, in younger women and, and, and even teens? 
the trends of um, increased use uh, and increased alcohol use um, are across are across ages. So more and more women are drinking, girls are drinking in um, in every age group. So when it comes to parents, you know, or when it comes to sort of recognizing these things in a loved one, it's going to be similar but different um, because a lot of the early stages of alcohol use disorder and the early stages of problematic use are internal. These are things that are going on inside somebody's head, the obsession that they're having that they may not be verbalizing, so it may not be noticeable to an outside observer. But you can see maybe changes in mood, um, changes in interest, not doing things that um, they used to love, changes in eating or sleeping patterns. Um, Or, again, you can sort of notice the overall presence and priority of alcohol in your your loved one's life as well. You can start to notice if things seem to be becoming more frequent or picking up speed in that way. And that's the point at which we could verbalize concern if we see that in somebody else. All right. Well, Lydia, um, and any other advice for, for, for people who have questions or, or are worried about a situation in, in their family or with a loved one or even with themselves? Yeah, the, the most important thing that I can say is that um, help is available, a recovery is possible, and there's always hope. Um, please visit org for information and resources if you're relating to anything that we've talked about. Or you can call 1-800-I-DO-CARE for an assessment. Um, talk to your primary care physician or maybe attend a mutual self-help meeting. All right. Well, listen, Lydia, thank you so much. We really appreciate your insights this evening. These are really important conversations to have. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. You were great. Absolutely great. Uh, Lydia Bird, Director of Clinical Services from Hazelden Betty Ford. Uh, She has been chatting to us on the Centerpoint Energy Home Service Plus hotline. Really, really great information there. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.